on this episode of This Is Game Boy, 7.8 out of 10, too many chances. Hello, my friend Baltic. We meet again. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. Where where should we begin? It oh, really it really feels like forever because has been like what <laughs> almost two months actually. Yeah, I mean this is the first time you and I are together. A Shaq Fu episode just came out, you know, two weeks ago. So yeah, you record that on your own. And for people who haven't listened to that yet, um, EBC here. Um, is the art it's the artist formerly known as ebc uh, yeah should now say baltic i'm gonna mess that up 700 times so oh no it's fair yeah. i've already messed it up <laughs> that makes so. a lot of stuff. <laughs> i i want a name change as well but i also don't want the name change um i've been thinking about just uh changing it to just say mo dude name name changes I, I didn't think how much work, like, I didn't know how much work I've done in, like, the three, four years of, of of content creation I've done until I had to go back and rename all that stuff. And I'm yeah. like, oh, my God, I did a lot of stuff in four years. Yeah, I still haven't updated everything. It's crazy. Yeah, for me, it's just, like, I just want Moolah, but I can't get that, and so I always have to put that UH at the end of everything, which is a huge bummer for anybody who doesn't speak Dutch. Um, like, the UH is, is just something we add to words, but it's, it's not a real thing or anything, but it just makes the sound go on a little bit longer so it's like Mule, you know but <laughs> it doesn't make sense uh, like written or, or or spoken even so i just have to do that because there's always on every 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 single uh social media thing or, or email address thing or whatever you can think of there's always some probably german fella who has uh, just Mule without the UH, so I'm always stuck with, with putting that behind me and it's driving me nuts, actually. When Italians just play the Germans, though, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's always the Germans. Like, Daylight Savings Time, My Name, The War. I mean, it's it's always it's always the Germans. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, man. But I, I heard we have some amazing news about our buddy Muddy the Mole, though. Yeah, it's uh, unbelievable. But um, like, if you've listened to our Mole Mania episode, I mentioned there that it was a shame that uh, Muddy Mole was never actually been put into any other kind of game, not even in Smash. But lo and behold, since we released our episode on Mole Mania, Sakurai has actually put Muddy Mole in Smash Ultimate. Um, only as a spirit, so not a playable character. Uh, it's just uh, for people who haven't played Smash Ultimate, spirits are some kind of buff you can set on your uh, on your fighters uh, during every mode, I believe. I've only played spirit mode so far. Um, so he's a kind of sticker that you put on your uh, character, so it makes it a little bit stronger. But yeah, it's amazing. Uh, I want to I wanna say a uh, big thanks to Sakurai for not only listening to our podcast, but also uh, putting that guy finally in a game. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised he listened to our podcast. Yeah, it's... it's he was probably uh, just, I was surprised he put Muddy in after, you know... <laughs> 
<laughs> we berated <laughs> that game. <laughs> well, he didn't make the game, so like at least it's <laughs> people true, it's will true. Uh, people will actually get to know that that thing now. But yeah, yeah, you're all welcome. By the way, like yeah, yeah, thank you, yeah, thank you. You're all far too kind. Thank you. Oh man, so what have you been up to? Like it's been it's been a good month or so since you and I have actually like talked. Definitely. Like, for the end of the year, because I actually did reach 299 games beaten for my uh, system challenge, I just took a break uh, from all of that and I just started playing some random things I had lying around for years that I haven't been able to get to yet. Um, so I played some of my GameCube games. Um, before the new year, I finished Wario World, actually. That was one I did. Cool game. Very short, actually. I think I completed it in about eight hours so that's not too much um but yeah I, I kept that train going um i played star fox adventures afterwards uh the lesser like respected star fox game is that I guess. is that the one where like fox is out of his ship and he like walks around yeah it's it's pretty much okay, a, yeah. a zelda clone if you can call it that um and for people who don't know that game was actually just called dinosaur world but um, at the end of the GameCube line, um, Nintendo figured, like, we don't actually have a Star Fox game um, on GameCube, unless I'm forgetting well, some. They have, they have two on GameCube, don't they? Some spin-off they... probably then, yeah, that I'm forgetting about. Because um, they have one that's like the N64 version, and then they had that Zelda-like one. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, maybe they just wanted to, to make another one. At least for uh, for that system before they went over to like uh, Wii Star Fox Assault, whatever it was called. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a spin-off game indeed. Um, well, I guess this is also a spin-off game <laughs> if you can call it that. <laughs> but yeah, this is actually the final game made by the original Rare team before they got bought up by Microsoft, um, and they just changed their Dinosaur World game into a, a Star Fox game. It has little to do with Star Fox besides that uh, the final boss, quote-unquote, um, spoilers, I guess, um, is... Wait, I forgot his name. Uh, the monkey. Who do you fight in Star Fox again? Donkey Kong? No, no. <laughs> no not Donkey Kong. Oh, um, and and Tra and Tramus and Andros, Andros, that's Andros. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Yeah. So they they pushed him I... in there in the storyline, just right at the end. You can see it's just pushed in there to have that reference in there. Uh, but besides that, it's it's actually a perfectly fine game. It's it's a very simple Zelda clone. Um, there's not that many side quests. Um, it was fun to play. I think I played it for ten hours or something. Um, and like the, these GameCube games weren't that long, actually. Um, now that I think of it, besides maybe Sunshine, if you want to complete it, that's uh, a little bit longer. But if you just want to play GameCube games, they're usually around eight hours, which which is perfectly fine. Um, after that, I went back to a game I bought quite a while ago on Switch uh, called Iconoclast. Everybody knows that game because it was it's one of the game. most popular metroidvania games uh that came out um was a fun game i really love uh the music in that game i love the boss fights i actually do like the puzzles in that game they're on a level i can actually understand um but my biggest problem with that game is i have no idea what it's about um there's a lot a lot a lot a lot a lot of cutscenes in it and nothing gets explained 
as far as I know. Um, so that was a kind of a letdown because it also did not make me want to go back into the game to complete it. So I just finished it and put it aside. So um, yeah, I would recommend it, but definitely not for the story. And I think you cannot skip the cutscenes the first time you see them. I'm not sure. Um, I know you can if you like died against a boss or something. One of those games. Yeah, I, I might be wrong. You might be able to just skip them regardless. I, I don't remember. Um, I like to actually indulge in the story, but I had no clue what was going on. Um, after that, I played Mother. Um, so the, the yeah, Urbound, but the first one. The first one, yeah. wow. Um, if you play the original NES version, uh, I wouldn't recommend it because uh, it's extremely hard mostly due that uh, due to that every two steps you take almost you get into an encounter and they're not easy um, it's kind of hard to level up but um, they released Earthbound one well mother one plus two in Japan on Game Boy Advance uh, that's the version I played um, and uh, mothers we put the English translation in it put an item in that game it's called the easy ring which um, more than <laughs> halves the the encounters and it gives you double experiences which actually makes that game playable and fun um yeah i, I think another eight hour game or something for an rpg that's super short but uh it's very short yeah, yeah. It, it was a fun game like you can see that uh, earthbound is not really a sequel um they explain it as to it to be a sequel but it's more like a remake with some extra stuff added to it but i would definitely recommend checking out a version that has that easy ring i think there's another version of it um maybe yeah, I, never, the, I never played the i never played the first mother i played the second one yeah the graphics are and, a little earthbound. um what would you say? Well, it's NES, you know, that you can't expect too much of the graphics from that era. It's kind of similar dated. to... Yeah, very dated, <laughs> like Dragon Warrior <laughs> 1, for example. Oh. But um, oh, everything okay. that makes Earthbound a special RPG is also in this game. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, I've played a lot, actually. <laughs> so, um, And that's only well. this month, by the way. So I've, I've been really kicking it to it um i finally finished a run of enter the gungeon after like six months maybe playing that game so i'm super happy about that um am i done with that game no that's gonna take another 300 hours because it's a roguelike you just keep on playing that game forever so uh yeah fun game it's it's my like there's only two roguelikes i actually like which are binding of isaac and this one so um they're really fun um, I have been playing Hyper Light Rifter. I finished the game. I'm trying to complete it, but only up to a certain point because there, there's one thing in it that is pretty much impossible on console versions. Um, if you have it on computer, it's easier to do. Um, it's, it's an achievement slash something you need to do to unlock a weapon where you have to continuously dash for 800 times. Um, the timing for it is extremely hard. Um, and you always have to press left and right, at least on console versions, so you can keep uh, going back and forth. On the computer, all you have to do is click your mouse or press space and you can keep doing it. So it's kind of sad that I can't complete the game because of that. I'll try for an hour maybe, but after that I'm going to give up. Um, 
Then, something I heard a lot about last year, everybody was praising this game so highly. Everybody said to me, uh, Muda, you have to play God of War. Um, it's such an amazing game. So I finally did it. I bought God of War Ascension. It's it's a fun game. Yeah. I don't think that's the God of War they were telling you to buy. What do you mean? Well, I mean, like, there's this one game. I don't know if you watched the Game Awards at all. Like, no, I, I did not. I didn't see. I didn't see any game. Well, I saw one Game Boy game in the Game Awards. I forgot what it was though. <laughs> okay. But uh, I think the God of War they were talking about was the one that won Game of the Year. Called the Dad of War. Oh, so this is this is the wrong God of War then. I think you got an older one. It, I mean, it's probably so good. It is God of War. Oh, oh, that. Well, that's uh, not now. I feel like a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah, I'm just kidding. Of course, I know everybody's talking about the new God of War. Um, I just wanted to play the last and three during the initial series i guess um i know this isn't the best one which i am experiencing but it's still god of war like it, it's still a great game but it's it's like if you watch a trilogy of a movie and one of them is not as good as the others that this is the one but that doesn't mean that it's a bad game or anything so yeah that's uh i've been playing that all day today um on hard mode which is whew, <laughs> it's it's a doozy but yeah that's uh I'm having fun with that. And then lastly, I started my 300 game special um, for portable pleasure, and that's Pokemon Emerald, because every 100 games I play a Pokemon game. And weirdly enough, that's also something we're going to talk about today, so that ties in with that. But yeah, that's uh, that's all I've been doing. So what have you been playing? Well, what happens after you're done with the Game Boy Color, the Game Boy Advance, and the Gen 1s? Like... Well, this is Gen this is Gen three, so next time it's gonna be Gen four. Right, but how are you gonna do the DS and three DS ones? It will be on emulator, of course, because there's no way I can uh, afford even a capture thing for that. So I'm I'm too dumb to know how to do the the normal DS capture. Like I know you can buy the chip and solder it in yourself, but mm -hmm. I'm just too dumb to know how to do that. And the 3DS one's like a four billion dollars to get done, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm never gonna get that done. So yeah, yeah, I'm playing hey, Nintendo. If you listen, like make an attachment for the Switch. <laughs> that would be, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, this one I'm also would... playing on emulator, by the way, not because I don't have the game, because I do, but um, again, having a good capture from GameCube is uh, very expensive. Impossible. And it, it looks like trash otherwise, so I decided I'm just going to play it on emulator. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I uh, I would honestly buy more 3DS and DS games if I could play them on stream. Yeah, for like sure. If I, could, if I had an easy way to capture them and put them on the stream, I would play so many DS and 3DS games on stream. It's ridiculous. Yeah, for games that don't require you to actually use uh, your pen on the DS... I mean, it's it's fine to use an emulator for that. Like Pokemon, for instance, you do not have to use the pen at all. But there are a lot of games, like one that comes the to Zeldas. my mind. Yeah, the Zelda games, for example, or uh, one that I really love is uh, Ninja Gaiden, actually. Um, you have to oh. constantly use the pen. And playing that on emulator, you would have to use your mouse and a controller for the... And yeah, that, that's... That sounds awful. Yeah. Because I remember I tried to play, because uh, I, I like Spear Tracks a lot, 
And uh, mm-hmm. I can play Spirit Tracks all day on my DS, no problem. And I try to play it on an emulator, and I'm like, this is mm-hmm. not going to happen. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, things I've been playing. So I hit my 200 Game Boy games last month. Um, I think the last game I played was International Soccer. Uh, or International Football, I forgot what it was called. It was a soccer game. Yeah. And uh, it was, it's a game. Uh, there's a clip of me hitting the ball into the goal four times in a row and then not <laughs> and then not triggering the goal at all. Yeah, I saw. So it. it's a it's a really good game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, outside of that, played a lot of Pokemon. Let's go. Uh, a lot of Pokemon. Uh, played Tokyo Dark, which is supposed to be like this story rich um, anime horror game, mm-hmm. and it's not so much horror. It's just it's. It's just weird. It's <laughs> okay. it's bizarre. Um, it it opens up a culture of Japan that the public eye doesn't typically get to see very often. And uh, as as I was reading the voice lines, I had to not read some of them just because they made me feel super uncomfortable. Okay. <laughs> so, but uh, it wasn't a bad game. It was definitely like everyone said. It takes five hours. It took me about eight or nine hours to beat the game. And it has like a, it has like six different endings to it. It's 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 not a bad game, but it's definitely one that you need to sit down and like really like pay attention to. Yeah, um, more of a game you play on your own than you know, like yeah. on stream. Then yeah, yeah. I uh, oh, I played. <laughs> I played Prophecy Viking Child for the Game Boy for game 201, which was the first Game Boy game this month that we played, and uh, oof. <laughs> that game is hard. Uh, basically, you have two lives, like, kind of two lives, and that's it. Like, there's no continues. Like, you die, you're done. And there's eight stages. Uh, mind you, like, once you, like, get the hang of the controls... The game is actually relatively easy, but still, like it's it's hard at the same time because like one mess up and there's no iframes, it just snowballs forever. So it's uh it's a game. Maybe I'll maybe we'll do a light episode or a full episode. I mean, I don't know. Prophecy Prophecy is actually a pretty big series of a game, but only one of them came to Game Boy. So uh, no, I don't uh, know the series at all. Actually, I played it on DOS way back in the day, mm-hmm. like. Five-year-old Belthic playing Prophecy on DOS back in the day. Um, outside of that, Squidlet, I got back to speedrunning. So some of you that follow me on Twitter saw the uh, the injuries occurred during speedrunning this past <laughs> week. Um, so I've been playing a game called Squidlet, which is a it was a game from Game Boy Jam. I forgot what year though, and uh, it's it's a obviously a Game Boy indie game. Four stages, relatively short, but it is the cutest <laughs> Game Boy Squid Game Boy esque Squid game you'll ever play in your life. Um, it's true, but it's yeah. But I mean, like the, the community is very small, and so no one's ever like tried to like find glitches or anything like that. So me being me, just breaks game. I I would just break a game just playing it normally so i went through and i uh i opened up the game quite a bit so we're still trying to figure out what's rta viable and whatnot but we have a lot of tests only stuff now that i found um outside of that i, I start god of war to this weekend the the, the actual the, the real one, one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
I'll be starting that this weekend. Um, and a fun fact, I collect, so I got a prototype Game Boy game that I'm pretty sure most saw on Discord. Yeah. Yeah, I got Ninja Boy 2 prototype cart. Um, so I, pu- I actually put that into the Super Game Boy 2 and turned it on, and everything, it worked perfectly fine. It plays Ninja Boy. Um, it was actually pretty cool. The, the, the crappy thing about it was that it was exceptionally hard to get out of the Super Game Boy 2 because there's no, like, thumb groove, like in the normal Game Boy games, to pull out. Right, yeah. So, like, I had to, like, very carefully, like, use my fingernails and, like, shimmy it out of the Super Game Boy. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I would have broke the, the RAM cart on it. Oh, so, yeah, so uh, that, put, yeah, that guy put back in the box and put on the shelf. But, yeah, that was it was actually really cool to, to find one for relatively cheap and actually see that it works fine and everything else so there's one of the fists of the north star that i want but that one comes with the actual tester as well and that one's way too expensive <laughs> yeah i've never seen any, <laughs> any prototypes or anything like that uh, on sale hmm. i don't think that's very common here although there is like a dutch guy i know that that constantly sells these things yeah, I was like, I I was looking for the floppy disks. I was actually looking for the source code. Yeah, and the only source codes I could find <laughs> were the Wisdom Tree games. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! So speaking of Bible games, wait till Easter time for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I I own all the Wisdom Tree games for Game Boy, and I own probably half of the Wisdom Tree games for the NES. Uh, bef- you know after. After they bought Color Dream, um, so <laughs> I was looking for the the discs. I found a bunch of Wisdom Tree ones. I found like a Joshua floppy for like a hundred and twenty dollars. I'm just like, oh. with like with like an actual like authentic certification from Wisdom Tree saying like this is authentic source code. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh man. I'm like the the with the. The strength to withstand by that right now and framing it and putting it over my collection. <laughs> it's because I love bad games so much. But uh, um, but yeah, I came across these prototypes and I'm like, oh, these are interesting. But I didn't realize what they were. Like I thought they were just like someone just like I took a Game Boy cartridge and cut it in half basically and put a bunch of stuff on it. So I did some research on it before I even like dug into the whole buying process mm-hmm. of one. But uh yeah, no, it's super cool. I took uh, motherboard or I took motherboard um, pictures of it and sent it to Lakes for her database and everything else. I compared Ninja Boy Two prototype to the Ninja Boy Two US that we got, and you can see all the differences. The DMG codes are all there. Like it's pretty cool. Yeah, too bad it's Ninja Boy, but yeah, it's still cool. <laughs> that was the cheapest one I could find. <laughs> <laughs> they have an Ultima one up there too. That's like four hundred some odd dollars. I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna spend four hundred dollars on a Game Boy prototype. Yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a price range I would expect for things like that. Yeah, I think I got my I uh did some did some haggling for mine and got mine to a to a more affordable price range. Mm-hmm. But you have to haggle. You kind of have to know what to look for, what to talk about, and everything else. So, especially with something like Ninja Boy, like who the hell's ever heard of Ninja Boy? Um, good luck finding a Japanese version of the of a playthrough on online though. Like Chinese Land Two or Chinese World Two, wherever it's called, yeah. does not exist on the internet. Like huh. no playthrough of it exists on the internet. The American version works though. The American the American European version 
Um, that one's everywhere, but I cannot find a Japanese playthrough of the game. Yeah, I know I have one from Ninja Boy 1 at least, which I yeah, had I to had a... cheat to, to 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 be able to finish that game because it's it's pretty much impossible otherwise. Um, I, think, I haven't played. Yeah, I haven't played it yet. Yeah, I think um, Jeremy Parrish also did a video about it, and he had to cheat as well. And even that, it was almost impossible still to beat that game. It's it's super unfair. Perfect. I love unfair games. Yeah, it's it's like a sheet code <laughs> where you have ninety nine lives. I think. Um, uh, I think there's like one hundred levels in that game, but you can like skip to the very last uh, world um, if you just know where to go which means that you don't have items which means you can't kill some enemies um, unless you really know what you're doing uh, everything one hit kills you um, yeah I, I barely even made it with the 99 lives so wow no. that, it's, uh, it's that not a good like game a great game yeah <laughs> almost sounds like night quest in a way which you should play sometime. It's a, it's not bad, but it's that, yeah, yeah. It's it's not a bad game, but it's it's very very simple. And if you mess up, the game lets you know you messed up. Oh god. Um. Yeah, I think it, the game took me like eight hours. So yeah, that, yeah, that's it's pr- right, it's I pretty li- it's it's pretty linear. Like you you won't get lost. You shouldn't get lost in the game. So. Um, but yeah, outside of that, that's all I've been doing. I've actually been out of town for, like, the last, like, three weeks, basically. Like, I haven't been able to do anything at all. I play my Switch because it's portable. <laughs> yeah. that's, why I, that's why I play so much Pokemon, so. Makes sense, yeah. Yeah, and all, not all of these games that I listed up I played on stream or anything. Um, I only did Star Fox Adventures and, well, and Pokemon Emerald. That's all I've been streaming. Uh, all the rest of the games were just things that I played on my own. Yeah, I mean, I got back into speedrunning, so my casual gaming went down mm. the hole pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Tokyo Dark was about my only quote-unquote variety game, and then I actually like put a base route speedrun into Prophecy Viking Child, which, by the way, a ton of time to save. You want a free world record? Good luck in the game, though. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm never playing it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I still have to beat it sometime, and I'm not looking forward to it. But yeah, we'll see. Buy bolas. That's all I'm going to tell you. Buy what? Buy bolas. Okay. Do you know what a bola is? Mm, yeah. Yeah, buy bolas. All right. You can only have 15 of them on you at a time, but buy them. Sure, okay. <laughs> Probably <laughs> I've forgotten it by the time I get to it, but yeah, sure. That'll be your next game then. Oh. Game 301, oh. Prophecy Viking Child. Oh, no. It's not <laughs> off to a good start. <laughs> But yeah, no, that's all I've been doing. I still need to play a Bible game for legs because I told her if King James Bible hit over a thousand views on my YouTube channel, it, I'd play another Bible game. And it got over a thousand views, so I get to play another Bible game. So hooray. Yay, <laughs> hey, spiritual warfare. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think um, that about wraps up our intro for this. It's pretty long intro. To be fair, yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna dive into uh, this 
week's game, which is Pokemon Let's Go, which, uh, yes, it's not a Game Boy game, um, but we talked about this earlier that we wanted to do a comparison episode uh, between the original game and uh, the newer one. So, um, yeah, we're going to start with that right after a break. And we have something special as well this time around. We're going to do a new section that's going to be um, in this podcast twice a year, I guess. Um, so yeah, we're going to do a, a recap of AGDQ 2019. It's going to be really cool. Um, hope you're all ready for it. At least keep your pants on, because first we're going to do uh, Pokemon, of course. But after that, we're going to dive right into that one. But yeah, we'll be back after this break. Like, I'll tell you the worst music in the Pokemon game is the bike music. Like, when you're on that stupid bike. everybody i hope you enjoyed that banger of a song from pokemon um pokemon let's go so comparing it to pokemon red blue i guess green and yellow um, yeah the, the entire generation one maybe even a little bit uh, about uh fire red and leave green um we're just gonna talk about gen one to be fair yeah. and then see what happened with with this newest installment or version of of that game? Yeah. So what Pokemon Pokemon Red and Blue and all that was released in what nineteen ninety eight in Japan, um, and then would come to Western markets in nineteen ninety nine slash two thousand. Then obviously the Fire Red Leaf Green two thousand four for was that Game Boy Advance? I think it is. Yeah, indeed. It was a. Uh, um, Remake of the first gen with the mechanics of the third gen. That's right, yeah. And then, um, so let's 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 go, Pokemon. Let's go, Pokemon. Let's go. Um, got to get confused with Pokemon Go. Um, Pokemon Let's Go comes out twenty years later, um, for Gen One, and they do something very similar to what they did in the Gen One days, even even to in in today's world where they have two different versions of the game and the game has exclusives to it so it's a good thing game freak changed up their game quite a bit (laughs) yeah that's something that game freak will well always did and will always do of course it's it's everything they do is great from a marketing point of view um it will get them more sales um not only are there more versions of the same game um which you both you, you have to have both of them or at least know somebody who has the other version so you can actually complete that game. But they also have some kind of thing in the games themselves or by buying some external device that uh, that you also need just in order to actually complete the games or complete the decks because that's of course uh, what uh, what you want to do in these game, games. The, besides that, they also do events that not are are not all the time worldwide events so 
some regions have different uh, types of events where they can get exclusive Pokemon. Um, it's always, always a big mess with Game Freak. Um, at least from a player point of view, because it's so, so hard to just get everything in one game. And what makes it even worse, usually they also incorporate some kind of system that only works for a period of time. Um, like example, given uh, Pokemon Dream World, that came with black and white, I believe. That doesn't exist anymore, so you can never use that service again to, to get like exclusive Pokemon. And yeah, they did the same basically with this thing. Um, here they incorporated Pokemon Go with it, which is super popular, but will it still exist in 10 years? Maybe? I doubt it. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I'll get more. I, I have gripes about that, but um, as the composers go, but it looks like they still have um, Yunichi Masuda as at least the director and general producer of the music, which he is the producer for pretty much every Pokemon game known to existence, including Pokemon Go on your phone. Um, but I think I think a lot of credit goes to uh, Shoto Ke Ke Keijama, something like I, I don't know. I can't, I'm awful with Japanese names. <laughs> um, who, is all, who is also a video game, who is the video uh, game music composer for... Pokemon Let's Go, uh, Pikachu and Eevee as well. Uh, but he does, he's done a lot of works with like Smash Bros. Brawl, Pokemon Heart Gold, a lot of the newer-ish um, Pokemons like XY, I believe Sun and Moon, um, Let's Go, Smash Ultimate. So it seems like he is a uh, more of a newer newer lad to the scene. So, But it's, it's cool that they kept the original sound composer to the actual Pokemon game, though. I think, because uh, there's definitely times where I played through the game, and I, I heard the music, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, I remember this music playing, playing it on the Game Boy days. You know, it's just like, it's just now more easier on the ears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess what you mean. Yeah, the, the, all the songs are still there. All the sound effects are still there. Um, basically, they, they keep using the same music over and over again for other generations as well usually there are some kind of remixes of themes that have been in previous generations um, so it's it makes sense to keep the same composer um, at least part of the team he doesn't always have to he or she um, in this case he but um, they don't always have to be the main lead on that uh, some other people can do like right. remixes of it but um, yeah keeping the the original composer in for that is, is definitely a good idea yeah, I think it's super cool that they do that. Um, just real quick. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Plot. So, plot of the game. <laughs> like, what is the plot of Pokemon? Like, is it to catch them all? Is it just to beat the Elite Four and be the very best? Like, yeah, what yeah, is yeah, the yeah. plot the, of the, Pokemon? The plot of the actual games, of course, is um, at least in the original, you were either red or green. Actually, <laughs> blue came. Yeah. Blue came actually out in the West, um, and then later in Japan. Because and then they had three versions already, and later even we got yellow, of course, um, because that tied more into the anime. Um, one thing to to remember is um, the games came out in Japan before the anime, and in the West after the anime. So, um, which yep. makes sense because um, it is still an RPG. 
um, even though it's a very simple one. RPGs back in that time weren't super popular for Western audiences, so it was kind of a gamble to actually release one of them. Um, we only had a few on NES or Super Nintendo, like the Final Fantasy series and, and the Breath of Fire series, even Dragon Warrior. Um, on Game Boy, we had um, Final Fantasy Legends, which actually... Um, saga it's not final fantasy at all um but there were like nowadays there's a new rpg every month at least um they're very popular now but back then it was yeah maybe not a good idea to release a pokemon game for western audiences so they released the anime first saw that that became hugely popular popular and then they actually uh released the games for here so um Yellow is more tied to the anime, I would say, but you're I, I don't even know what the protagonist's name of that game is. Is it Yellow? I don't think it is. Um, but yeah, either you're playing, for Western audiences, you're playing as Blue or Red, and your goal is to, to, to defeat the Elite Four and become the Pokemon champion. That's, that's pretty much it. Yeah, like, bounce off of most of it. Yeah, Yellow very much plays off of the anime. I think a big reason why RPGs didn't take off in the West as they did in Japan is that, like, we didn't have. I mean, there wasn't good ways to save games. You had a battery backup to your cart, but, like, we didn't really start getting that in Game Boy until, like, what, 92, 93 ish? You had a couple of. You had a couple of, you know, rarities, but for the mm -hmm. most part, like, saving on a Game Boy didn't come into play until mainly when. When Legend of Zelda came came to the Game Boy yeah. with, with Link's Awakening, before we had to use passwords, and like these passwords weren't short. So like if you're in a car and you're playing Game Boy, like you gotta write down a password in the back seat. Like who carries a pen and paper with them everywhere they go? So um, it, time, times were different back then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like I've always like. Like I always knew, like in the back of my head, like the the main the the reason to play the game is get your Pokemon, go to Victory Road, beat the Elite Four, put your Pokemon in the Hall of Fame, roll credits. Yep. But I mean, like for some people, it's like I gotta catch all 150, 151 Pokemon, and I gotta go get those legendary birds, you know, or Mewtwo or whatever else. And it's like, all right, so like there's a lot of different directions you could kind of take the game as your quote unquote end of game. Um. For me, I think every Pokemon game that I own, I have a full Pokédex on now. So, for me, it's beating the Elite Four and then getting a full Pokédex. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's it's pretty much a make your own adventure type of game. There is some plot involving Team Rocket and like getting to know all the the different uh, Pokemon specialists and the Pokemon trainers or gym leaders for that case but it's it's all pretty contained within itself it's never like the biggest plot um that you can imagine um so it, it's pretty simple and for the newest iteration of this game for pokemon let's go sadly um in my opinion they didn't change that at all um no. you are not red or blue now you're just an unnamed trainer so you can more identify with uh with that person i assume um but besides that it's 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 completely the same thing um you start off in your hometown palatown you go around the kanto region it's not the world it's just one region in the pokemon universe um you get all the gym badges you defeat 
the Elite Four, and you become the champion, and that's it again. Um, they do drop yeah, some I... hints towards uh, Gen 2 already, which is kind of cool, but there's not enough of them, in my opinion. And they kind of put uh, the storyline of Red and Blue, and even Green, um, in the sidelines, so it, mix it up, mixes it up a little bit. But uh, the basic plot is, is still exactly the same game. Yeah, I thought it was cool that they had cameos from red, blue, and green. I thought that was super interesting. Because um, I, I, I've, I've only ever played green once, like, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I remember nothing about green. Like, I know it's similar to red, blue, but, like, I remember nothing about green at all. And then they popped up, like, this green guy, I'm like, or a green person, I'm like, I'm like, oh, right, right. There was a green version in Japan. Completely forgot about it. I like the game based itself a lot off of yellow because mm. in in red, blue, green, Team Rocket wasn't like it was Team Rocket, but there wasn't Jesse James and Meowth. It was just Rocket. Yeah. You know, you had um, you had Giovanni as you know the president guy still, but like you didn't have like the main protagonist of Team Rocket. Like you just had like these thugs basically trying to steal Pokemon and ruin your day. Um, as when the anime comes out, you know, they obviously can't have something like that. So they have Jesse James and a English speaking Meowth, you know, and Giovanni is still head honcho of team rocket. And they obviously still have the rocket thugs. So it can't just be a four person team. Right. So one of the cool things I thought like right off the get go of the game was before you entered, uh, was it Mount moon, the first cave, I think it's Mount moon. Yeah. Um, Meowth is sitting on top of the cave entrance sleeping. And, like, you try to interact with it. Like, it just says, Meowth is sleeping. Leave it alone. Okay. Oh. And you walk in, and then, you know, it's, there's Team Rocket right there, basically. I totally missed so. that, I think. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. I think I actually missed that, too. Yeah. yeah, then you walk in, and there's Team Rocket. Like, they have Jesse James. And I remember when I was a kid, um, I remember watching the anime while playing Pokemon Red and Blue. <laughs> and uh because the anime and anime and the first set of Gen Ones came out roughly I think around the same time in America. So I'm playing Pokemon Red because it had Charizard on the cover and Charizard's way cooler than Blastoise. Uh, excuse and me? I'm sorry. Wow. Charizard is way cooler than Blastoise. Wow. Unless Blastoise has sunglasses, then Blastoise is cooler, but um, so I'm playing Pokemon Red, and I'm, you know I watch anime. So like whenever I go and like encounter Team Rocket, like there's no Jesse and James and Red, Blue, and Green. So I'm like, you, it's like you encountered Rocket, and I'm like, oh, I bet that's Jesse or James. Like yeah, use your imagination a little bit, you know, with that one. And then when Pokemon Yellow came out, then there was just like, yeah, Pikachu walking behind you, very similar to the anime. You have actual team rocket like you walk in you can face off against jesse james with the arbok and the coffee yeah. um things like that and then, then like things started like flowing into suit more with the anime and the games themselves and um so this game pokemon let's go eevee follows very tightly with pokemon yellow in my opinion um but again like i there's it, it's missing a like the story is still like what mo was saying Get your Pokemon, go to Victor Road, Elite Four, win game. I feel like the game could have bumped up some of the Team Rocket, like, things that happen around Kanto. Um, 
like it's it's just, it's so much a almost a one to one story of what we had twenty years ago, mm-hmm. and I I wanted more. I wanted more. Yeah, yeah. Like th- this episode is going to be a little bit different, I think, than what we usually do, where we just talk in general about a game and then our own thoughts um because we're doing a comparison between the older games and their newer ones it's a little bit easier for us to actually dive into what we think of some of the things presented to us immediately so uh, we are going to take a break later and then just say our thoughts that that we maybe have not said during this part um but yeah i it's it, it's hard not to dive into our own thoughts when talking about uh, stuff like right. the plot and the gameplay. And yeah, for me, um, I was not expecting anything else, of course, than just a, re- a complete remake, actually, of the first game. Um, because this was... <sighs> This game was not really meant to be the new big Pokemon game. Um, They just wanted to put something out for Switch for people to have something to experience while waiting for actual Gen 8 to drop. Um, I think they also tried uh, some new things, uh, which ties into the gameplay, which we'll dive into a little bit later um, to see if it would work for the newer game. So this was a a small experience uh, experiment, excuse me, to test out some things and not to put too much time into. But sadly, um, they didn't change a lot. And that's kind of sad because they could have easily done some sort of story um, about some trainer starting in a different town um, and going through everything. Um, Maybe even encountering Team Rocket in different ways than Red and Blue did in the original games just something to differentiate it a little bit because we're playing the exact same thing again for basically the fourth time now and um yeah it, it the lack of effort um and they did like i like i said earlier they put some references um hinting towards gen 2 and stuff like that in it already but it's so small and you would not know it unless you pay really close attention to it because i had to ask even um normally when you go to giovanni the first time um you just bump into giovanni now there was another guy before him um i don't even remember his name (laughs) right now but he's actually the team rocket leader from gen 2 um and i had to ask uh, somebody else pld because he's the the pokemon expert who is this because i have no clue and he was like oh yeah that's the guy who takes over team rocket in gen 2 like, oh of course so they try that but it's too little in my opinion yeah as a person that no remembers literally nothing about gen 2 except for the two birds like, I had no idea who that guy was. Mm. Like, I don't recognize your name. I don't know who you are. Like, Yeah, and Gen, I, yeah. Gen 2 is my favorite. And, and I didn't even get it immediately. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, Gameplay-wise, though, I thought... I don't know. I thought the gameplay was cool. I just missed a lot of stuff that Gen 1 had. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For sure. Old, old Gen 1, not new Gen 1. Um, like, they definitely stuck with, like, the Pokemon Let's Go. Like, if you played Pokemon Let's Go on your phone, you tap on a Pokemon, 
it pops up on your screen in augmented reality or just a you know a plain like field background. Um, you can take your finger and swipe up on the Pokeball or spin around and swipe up on the Pokeball to throw a Pokeball to end at a Pokemon. Three shakes and you catch it, or you have to feed it some berries to calm it down or make it easier to catch. Mm-hmm. Um, same concept in Pokemon Let's Go. Um, I actually really enjoyed the catching mechanism this time around because mm-hmm. it made you actually feel like you were throwing a poke uh, a pokeball, um, especially if you have the pokeball controller. Like I'll I'll get into that into my thoughts later. I have some thoughts about that damn thing, um, <laughs> so, but. Uh, like I, I like the fact that it made you like think about how to throw the pokeball. Like you just didn't press the pokeball button on a Game Boy, right? And you threw a pokeball. Like you had to actually like take time. Like, oh, this thing has an attack pattern, or hey, this thing has a movement pattern. Like I have to figure this out before I throw a pokeball. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I missed. I don't know. Like this is getting more into my thoughts, but I missed the bat. Like there's no battling. Like you, know, there's only a select few Pokemon that you quote unquote battle before you catch them. Um, and I, I miss that in this game. Yeah. The, the interaction is a little lower, um, because of the lack of actual battles you have to do. Um, it's only the legendaries that you have to defeat before you can. And Snorlax. And Snorlax, um, which, yeah, it's just, it's not a legendary Pokemon, but it's just one you can only encounter twice in the game. So, uh, well, yeah, it's it's a sp- the special Pokemon you actually have to defeat. Um, it's a spoiler alert on Snorlax, but we'll save that for later, too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the new system of um, having you able to, to see the Pokemon in the grass is... Um, is great. Um, oh, you know I love that. what you're encountering. Um, you can choose yourself, like, look, I'm looking for this Pokemon. I can actually go and grab it. Um, throwing the Pokeball for me um, <laughs> was pure trash. <laughs> um, I thought it had something to do with my controller, because um, I've mentioned this before. I had some problems with my Joy-Cons. I have new ones now. I tested it. it it's still unbelievably trashy. I am not a fan of it. Um, and that kind of ties into the gameplay as well. If you want to play this game on your computer, which uh, on your TV, sorry, which for me was a big, big, big selling point for this game because I've waited so long to actually, besides, of course, playing on my Super Game Boy, um, but I, I just wanted to play a Pokemon game on the big screen for so long and they force you into using motion controls. So I just ended up, besides my very first stream of it, just playing it in handheld mode, which made me really, really sad. Um, but yeah, that mechanic of, of catching the Pokemon is fine, but it's, it's, yeah, it lacks interaction, which is good for Pokemon Go because you cannot be like <laughs> in a tight battle while walking uh, across the street and getting hit by five cars trying sure. to catch a Pidgey or something. Um, this game could have actually used uh, the battling um, just to make it a little bit more interesting. And um, another big problem, at least for me, is because of the lack of battles and because of the way the experience points are are put on your Pokemon, it's um, really dumb and hard to train your Pokemon. 
they get a lot of experience. That's not the problem. But um, I played up until Mewtwo. Um, my Pokemon were all underleveled. And I've, like, the only way for me to level up to, to be able to actually defeat... See, that's the thing. Now I suddenly have to defeat this Pokemon before I can catch him. Um, would, would be to just catch Pokemon until I'm leveled up enough. And I just didn't want to do that. Like, I just wanted to train one of my Pokemon in a normal way so so I could um, take on that challenge. So it, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird to talk about it like that. Uh, another good thing that comes with the new system is that it's easier for you to encounter rare Pokemon. I'm not talking about shinies, I'm talking about just rare spawns because uh, because of the combo rate you can do, you can actually make them appear a lot more frequently. And you can actually see when they appear, so so it's a lot easier to catch that one Pokemon you actually want. Um, instead of just having to hope for the best that you actually encounter it. I know you ain't talking about Chansey, because that is not a rare Pokemon. No! <laughs> oh no! Oh, it's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, you played the game a lot more than me because you are actually going for like the shinies. Um, I just played the game normally. I tried going for a shiny one time, but it was chances all over the place. It's it's incredible. Do you get like a twelve catch combo? And there's the only place that you're there's only two places that you're safe from chances in the water and in Viridian Forest. <laughs> Otherwise, there's just chances everywhere, and it is obnoxious. Like, I uh, I was farming a shiny Diglett, and... Uh, oh, yeah, I was there. <laughs> Diglett, Diglett has, like, an 85% spawn rate in Diglett Cave. And I think every two seconds, a chancy was popping up. I'm like, oh, my God. So... Uh, Rewind again. I went. I was in Pokemon Tower farming for a shiny Ghastly. That's what Ghastly I was trying has to get a, as well. Yeah, yeah. Ghastly has a seventy-five percent spawn rate in Pokemon in Pokemon Tower. I was only getting chances. I eventually got a shiny Chansey out of it, <laughs> but, but like it was just all chances. And like Chansey's not a small Pokemon. So like if you're in a tight corridor like Dig like Diglett's Cave or Pokemon Tower, like you're going to run into it because it's not a small Pokemon. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I had the same experience. Yeah. Oh, it was obnoxious. Did you catch a shiny? No, I did not catch a shiny. <laughs> <laughs> one, one cool thing about the game, like those that are competitive in the Pokemon, like I, I'm in the Pokemon Let's Go Discord, and uh, those channels are always filled. Like people like looking for a lowland, timid... Marowak mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't know. I don't know competitive Pokemon very well. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, why does it matter? Apparently, like the the moods or attitude or personalities, whatever it's called, like is like is pretty big factor into like Pokemon battling. Definitely, um, yeah. So, uh, it's cool to see like when you're actually in the overworld screen, you're you're finding your Pokemon, right? Like, let's say you're looking for a Caterpie. You'll have just a plain Caterpie pop up, and after you get some catch combos, you'll start seeing some swirls around these Caterpies. Like you'll see like a blue swirl that means like your Caterpie is tiny. So like its size is small, its power might be not as good, its stats are probably not gonna be as great, right? And then you have like the red swirl, which is like it's huge, you know, and it even says across the street, it's huge. 
uh, which is like your extra large size, probably has better stats. Um, and then you have the little the little star sparkles around it, which means that it's a shiny. So it's kind of cool that you can see just all of that right away in the overworld. Unlike in Pokemon Go, like once you have once a Pokemon pops up, you you tap it, then it tells you like whether or not it's shiny, it's huge, it's tiny, whatever. So I thought that was actually a really cool feature or addition to the overworld feature as well too. Yeah, very much so. Uh, when it comes to shinies, um, it's too easy in this game to get it shiny um <laughs> like even yes, if i didn't yes, get even if i didn't get one again but uh yeah it, it is definitely way too easy in this game because of that catch combo and and things like that that they introduced um even when you complete your pokedex like always you get a shiny charm or lucky charm or uh, shiny charm. lucky charms yeah. but uh yeah so it, it has the um the chance of getting a Wait, it has the chance. Yeah. yeah. So, like, when you when full full what we call full odds, you have like a one in was it four thousand chance or whatever it is mm-hmm. to to catch a shiny Pokemon, which I've done twice now in my playthroughs. Um, Geodude and Rhyhorn, and uh, once you get a thirty-one catch combo, great number, perfect round number yeah, to choose from. Um, thirty-one catch combo. Your odds are then cut significantly. Um, I don't remember what what the percentage mm. is by that, but any anything over thirty one catch combo is a waste, mind you. So yeah. once you get your thirty one catch combo, you put a lure on. Now your increases of catch and shiny has has really increased, and now you get your your shiny charm. I think at the end of the day, if you have a thirty one catch combo with a shiny charm with a lure. I think you're looking at it's like a one in like 400 chance or something like that to catch a shiny. Yeah, yeah, the, the odds are indeed uh, a little bit ridiculous, um, but it makes it more fun for people to actually get a full dex of, of shiny Pokemon, of course. Um, and contrary yeah. to belief, um, and thanks again for our uh, Pokemon Professor PLD for that, um, <laughs> actually, shinies were in the original Gen 1. Um, the only thing is because of course it was a black and white game you couldn't see the special color scheme neither did they have like uh, sparkles around them when you encountered them but their stats were a lot higher than your average um, catch of the same Pokemon and the only way to see if it was actually a shiny one was to transfer it to uh, the Gen 2 um, counterparts so yeah they were there from the start so that that was a pretty cool thing to uh to find out because I had no idea that was actually possible. Yeah, I I completely forgot when shine. I thought shinies came around in Gen three, and then Mo corrected me about the red Gyarados in Gen two. Yeah. So then I got then I got curious about Gen one shinies, and uh, yeah, we asked we asked Professor PLD, and uh, yeah, he said it's based off either an ID or stats mm-hmm. or whatever. And when you transfer them over to Gen two, then they appear to shiny. So that was actually really interesting to learn. Yeah. That that about covers like the gameplay part when it comes to catching. Yeah. Gameplay wise, though, yeah, catching. Yeah. There's a lot of other stuff that they added. There's no HMs anymore. You, mm. you you remember HMs? Cut and fly and flash. Yeah, like um, they got rid of the <laughs> the HMs. Actually, um, I think in X and Y, um, so Gen six um, or Gen seven, like 
for me it was in Gen 7 because I didn't play X and Y but Sun and Moon. Um, but yeah, those things are gone so you don't have to have an HM slave, as we call it, um, in your team anymore, which is only there just because he can learn HMs so you can get around to map. So those things are gone. Um, your starter Pokemon, either Pikachu or Eevee, um, just can learn a variation of those HMs and uh, you can always just use it. It's not a combat move like it was in, in the older games. It's just something you get. Um, yeah, so that that's really good because they actually it took them so many years to to get rid of the HM. So it was a, a yeah descent from heaven when they actually did. I do have <laughs> one thing that is still bugging me though, and I don't get why they would still do that. Um, everybody knows cut, which is used to cut down the little bushes around the place, so you can actually go to new areas, um, which is fine. Um, that's cool that you can do that. Why would they grow back? Just explain to me why those things have to grow back every time. Bushes, bushes grow back over time. Sure, but there's no point. There is no point to do that in this game. It makes me so mad that every time I go into a door and back out, that stupid bush is in my way again and I have to use cut Just again. fly over it. Just fly over yeah, it. Yeah, that's that's some well, that's something that got introduced in this version, of course. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it it makes no sense. They can easily just leave it be gone forever, and I, everybody would be happy. My biggest gripe with the quote unquote HMs is the cutscene that it has to have. Yeah, it drives me nuts. Mm -hmm. Like in the old Gen ones, like if you wanted to use Flash, it was just a quick dialogue press yes and it was done same with cut same with fly same with anything let's go like we have like this dumb cutscene of either pikachu or eevee getting on a surfboard or going on a hot air balloon thing mm -hmm. or doing some anime dash across the screen to cut something it's just like why i don't need all of this just give me a dialogue make it happen but yeah there there is actually an option to skip those in the game um, oh, is there? Yeah, you can you can put that on on the options, but you would still have to go to like your menu and and pick the correct one to do it, and it's it's so easy to just get rid of all of that. Like especially with the bushes, you cut them, they're gone. Nobody cares anymore. You're still on this bush, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, with Let's Go, you can just fly yeah, over stuff yeah, now. So sure. in, in 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 Pokemon Let's Go, once. Once you once you have defeated the Elite Four and uh, your rival, which we'll get into in a little bit too in terms of gameplay, uh, once you beat the Elite Four and your rival, you now have access to fly in very certain areas mm -hmm. of, mm -hmm. the, of the game. It's not an open world fly where you can fly from Victory Road to Fuchsia City. No, no, that'd be way too cool. Um, so instead, what you got to do is... You can fly in the select zones. So if you remember from Gen 1 Pokemon days when you would walk into, let's say, you'd walk out of Mount Moon towards Cerulean City. You have that big long patch before like a screen would, you know, change once you've entered a building to go on to Lavender Town or wherever else. You're allowed to fly in those parts, but you can't fly from Pallet Town to Lavender Town at all. 
Like, you have to go through, like, the normal buildings in the caves or just use the fly HM and go there. Um, but you're, you're allowed to fly in the air, which is kind of cool because you can have special Pokemon fly from the top as well. So you have, like, your Pidgeys, your Pidgeots, your Pidgeotos, Charizard, uh, Dragonite. Uh, you can even get the legendary birds. So, like... Mm-hmm. In old Gen 1 Game Boy, like, once you caught an Articuno, Zapdos, and Moltres, like, you were done. Like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't catch them again. Like, if you, if you messed up, you get to either, like, restart your game, hopefully you save before the bird, or you're just not going to get that bird. Um, but in this game, it's a 1% spawn chance for one of those three legendary birds to spawn in the wild. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're not all gone. Um, except with Mewtwo is the only exception to this. Like, if you mess up on Mewtwo, then, well, you're not getting Mewtwo, so. Yeah, so the the flying around thing is pretty cool. But again, I have a problem. Um, if, <laughs> I do too with it. If, if anybody knows, uh, if anybody have watched me play Pokemon, I'm a big, big fan of uh, the Pidgey evolution line. <laughs> um, so I was... I was like always, I get a Pidgey in my team, and yeah, I was training it up so it could become a, a Pidget. Oh no! You cannot fly on Pidgeot. No. It's why would you be able to fly on a Pidgeot? It's too small. But Ash flew on a Pidgeot. <laughs> I just want to fly on my Pidgeots. It's yeah, I was yes. very disappointed because that's the only thing in I Gen, wanted to fly on. Well, I mean, in Gen One, you can fly on the three legendary birds. You can't in this game. It's sad. I'm I'm sad. This game. Yeah, this game you're makes very me sad. You're restricted to your. You can only fly on um, Aerodactyl, Charizard, and Dragonite. Mm-hmm. Those are the only three Pokemon that you are allowed to fly on. So you can't fly on a Fero, you can't fly on the three legendary birds, you can't do any other flying Pokemon except for those three. One neat thing though I found in the game was when you're when you're surfing with Eevee or Pikachu, if you pop on like a Lapras or a Gyarados or something, you can actually ride the Gyarados or the Lapras in the water. Yeah. I found that to be really interesting. Yeah, Lapras of course makes sense because that was the the sprite used. Right, that's why he wrote in the was. anime. Yeah, yeah. Right. So so yeah, that was cool. But yeah, I was uh, I was disappointed I couldn't fly on my Pidgeot. So yeah. <laughs> I remember when you and I you and I played at the same time. Like uh, after our after our last together podcast last month. Mm-hmm. You and I started Pokemon Let's Go at the same time. You have Pikachu and I have Eevee. Yeah. And uh I was like two towns ahead of you, and I asked you what was taking you so long, and you were catching pidgeys, <laughs> like you were just chain catching pidgeys. <laughs> <laughs> no, it it wasn't the pidgey. It was um, oh, you had that bee dart, bu- the bee drill, I wanted to, or the butterfree or whatever. It was. I wanted the Bulbasaur, and you you spawned immediately, <laughs> and mine took an hour to spawn. <laughs> well, maybe not an hour, but it was still a long time. That that we, puts me well, back so far. Well, you and I questioned it too because we didn't see what it, we didn't see when we initially went into Viridian Forest together. Mm-hmm. And we we're just like, and then like we talked to some lady and she talked about a Bulbasaur. And we're just like, is there a Bulbasaur in Viridian Forest? And then we didn't think about it. And then POD came to chat and spoiled it for us. <laughs> and uh, we're like, oh, let's go get a Bulbasaur. And yeah, mine spawned almost immediately. And then and I, I think I caught three before Mo caught one. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, if anybody knows me, I'm 
probably the most unlucky person in the world. So stuff like yeah. that always happens to me during any game or even outside of gaming. I'm always unlucky with everything. <laughs> um, another cool thing for me. So like, I don't play me much much for Pokemon. Like, I played Sun and Moon. I beat it, but I don't like. I I don't retain a lot of it because it's Pokemon. Um, something I found interesting in Let's Go is I don't need to go to someone's PC to withdraw and deposit items in Pokemon anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it's just all on me now. So um, I like I, I thought that that part was actually really nice to have because I can just swap out my party wherever I wanted. Yeah, that's definitely a huge improvement. Um, hopefully, they find some kind of system that works like that in Gen Eight as well. Um, because yeah, what is the real use of having that PC um, still in in newer games? Um, the, this system works perfectly fine, so um, I'm sure they they could keep it like this. Uh, maybe give you a limited box um, so you can send Pokemon away if you really don't need them. But um, but yeah, the, a portable PC, for example, that's that's a that's a thing that exists in the world, so why not uh, yeah, have it in laptop. the Pokemon world? Just use your PDA or or Beeper or whatever else, a fax machine that's portable, your Blackberry <laughs> you or... Use your Beeper for Pokemon? <laughs> I, I have no idea, but they're still using an, uh, an old personal computer that looks like an Apple II. Um, even to this day, so yeah, they could, could oh, definitely um, use the system they're using <laughs> in this game for the newer generation. Yeah, another little like Easter eggy thing too is that if you guys, if you've ever played the old Pokemon, I believe it's just, they have a Super Nintendo in front of the TV when you first launch the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like as you're going into Pallet Town, I, I believe it's a Super Nintendo in front of the TV. Yeah. Um, and in this version, they have a Switch in front of the TV. Yeah. So I thought that was a, a nice little homage to you know the previous uh, games as well. I thought that was really really good to have. Um, yeah, they do that every well, let's game. Talk- like the yeah. other ones had a GameCube, and then it was a Wii, and then it was a Wii U. Wait, well, let's was talk there a Wii U? Models here. Did anybody buy a Wii U? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, I I, I bought a Wii. U. I have a Wii U, but it's sitting <laughs> in a box right now. Yeah, I'm not sure if, if uh, uh, that one popped up. Probably because they always do that to promote our consoles. Yeah. But like, let's talk character models here. Like, I, uh, I whenever I, whenever I have a game that gives me a chance to make a character, like I try and make like mimic it like towards me a little mm. bit. But this time around, like I did, I did not. Like I made like a really like pasty white kid with just like white hair and red eyes and everything else. And uh, mm-hmm. I go downstairs, and my mother's <laughs> character model is nothing nothing like my character at all um i go i walk downstairs and my mother looks like a latina woman and i'm like i'm very confused at who my father is at this point so like my my rival's family looks more like i do than my mother does um so i feel like it's 29 it's 2018 i guess when this game came out it's 2018 like you can it, the switch is capable of a lot of cool things mm-hmm. uh like they based some character model like relational relational uh character models to your character like i don't feel like that's a hard thing to do yeah i think um, that, that would be possible but <laughs> it was indeed funny to see 
probably a lady from the Alolan region being your mother while yeah. while you're in in um, the Kanto region. It, it was it was very weird to see. Um, but then we go we go with the rival. So you remember like red blue, like your rival Gary or blue or whatever it was. Yeah. Gary. <laughs> Gary. Um, <laughs> Depends on what you played. It was either red or blue, but yeah. Right. You know, he was a dick. Like, he was mean. He was rude. He was obnoxious. He was arrogant. Um, it is a complete 180 in this game. Like, your rival is the most friendliest, per- positive person in the world. And you just want nothing to do but to strangle them sometimes. Yeah, it's, it's like, definitely the weakest um, rival ever um like they, they kind of went a different way after like the the blue or the red one it's to be fair it's blue blue is the the more um arrogant one who thinks he can do everything uh, on his own um so so that was the rival and it worked of course but after that they went more kind of a friendly way like you have a team of of people you you maybe even have two rivals um each of them have have the other starter than what you started with so they, they always had some kind of um more likable character um in in the other generations but this guy or girl um does it i'm, I'm not sure if it switches but um, i think it's always a guy right because i played a, I, I played as a girl and it was a guy yeah, I I played as a guy and I had a and it was also, male rival. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's always the the same person, but he is so boring. He is scared of everything. He has no idea what he's doing. He's just there to annoy you really by being really he's incompetent. There to be there. So yeah, I don't know why they went with that uh, that type of character, but he doesn't fit at all. He He's just there to yeah. waste your time, really. It honestly feels like he's an afterthought. Mm-hmm. Like, it honestly feels like, like, if you play the game, like, if you play Let's Go Eevee, you, you forget about him a lot. And, like, it it definitely, feel like, it definitely feels like an afterthought. And they're like, oh, we're on the SSN, we need to have the rival there. Or, oh, he beat the Elite Four, we, we need to have the rival there. Like, that's just, you know, they're like, oh, we should probably do something then. Yeah, uh, it, I feel like that's that's what happened. It's something like that. Yeah, it was a yeah very very bad character. He's completely useless. What what would have been better maybe um, as they put Blue into the game anyways um, to have him take over that part, um, not as your all time friend or something that you encounter, but just to to have somebody to to look up to because he's always trying yeah. to be better than you. Um, that would have worked a lot better than this guy. Maybe just have him tag along as a friend or something, like in the other generations where you have like these two people. That, I don't know which one it is. I think it's X and Y or Black and White, where there's like these two other characters that kind of do the same track as you are doing as well, but they're just your friends. And sometimes they have like a three-on-three battle or, or something like that. Um you can relate to those characters. You can feel the friendship between them and your main character. But this guy is nothing. He's literally nothing. So, yeah, yep. very, very bad writing on that part. Yeah, the cameos, though, I thought were actually really good in that, uh, well, some of the cameos I thought were really good. Um, 
Like Blue made Blue made the most appearances, I think, yeah. in the game. Um, and I thought his his role and actions in the game were were done quite well. Um, he was still his arrogant self, you know. He was still like me, 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 me. Still kind of a dick, um, but he was kind of a team player at the same time too. Uh, you had Green, who just had a really quick cameo. Um, and then you don't even, I don't even think you meet Red at all. He, he gets mentioned yeah, yeah, or they get mentioned rather, but I don't think you ever get to see Red. Um, and the Elite Four, like I believe it was Yellow, uh, is when the Elite Four was out in the world. So like, uh, you got to, you got to have Lance, I believe it was, help you in, the Pokemon Mansion or the Game Center, one of the two places mm-hmm. where like you and him work together to go against Team Rocket. Um, in this game, you have um, Lorelei, Lorelei, yeah, Lorelei, yeah. The, the you have her help you right before you go into um, yeah, the, the um, electrical, the second, the second, the second cave. Uh, yeah. What the heck is it called? Um. Some cave. I I I always forget. Rock, rock tunnel. Rock tunnel. Yeah. Sure. Rock tunnel. Yeah. Um. So you know you get you get ambushed by by Team Rocket and she you know pops it out of her Lapras like oh hey I can help you out. Um. And I think Koga might even make an appearance as well and let's go in one of the areas. Me even if it's just like a, you run into them mm-hmm. like I think Koga is out there as well. Um. So it it was cool to see some of those like. Oh, I'm about to fight you, but you're actually a pretty cool person, so I don't hate you type deal. Um, but I wish some of the cameos were a bit more involved. Like after you've beaten, um, after you've beaten some of the gym trainers, like it would have been cool to see like Brock, you know, you know, visit, you know, see Brock at like uh, uh, whatever the town is called with the, with the games and stuff like that, or see see Brock. Mm-hmm. You encounter him back in, yeah. Right, yeah, to see like just see them around the world. I think that would be an interesting uh, addition or feature to the game because you can go refight them after you beat the Elite Four. Mm-hmm. Um, how a lot of people farm their money is that we just go back and we 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 just we just re- we refight the gym leaders or the Elite Four because you get like fourteen grand back, you know, once you beat them. Like you get a lot of money in return. That's a lot, yeah. And then yeah, so like when you talk to them, like oh yeah. Let's see how good your skills have gotten since the last time we met. You know, so you know they know that they acknowledge that you beat them. They acknowledge that you beat the Elite Four. So then you get to go through all that whole process again. So like they they know what happened in the game. It's just they're just still in their own same spot. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, picking back up on Rat, he is in the game, um, but this this is a. Uh, well, maybe a lot of people miss it because I I guess you missed it as well. Um, yeah, I did. Once you've beaten the Elite Four, just like in the original game, uh, what happens is you can go to Cerulean Cave and get your Mewtwo. Um, there's basically nothing else going on in the game post-game-wise. Not uh, like Fire, Red, and Leaf Green where you can actually go to the Savvy Islands. Um, those are gone. They're not in this game. What they did do, however, is put the master trainers or master trainers uh in this game which are right uh 150 trainers all over the kanto region which you can fight and they all have one pokemon because they're the master of that pokemon and you have to defeat them um 
each time you defeat one of them, you get the master title, so you can do that for all your Pokemon. Um, it is not hard to do. The only problem is that you have to train your your Pokemon because you have to fight them with the same one um, to at least level 80 or it's impossible. Um, if you manage to defeat eight of them, however, you can go and uh, challenge Red in Cerulean Cave. Oh. So that's the way to do the penultimate fight of the game. Um, so it's just like in um, Gen 2 where... Um, post game you go back to the Kanto region and you challenge Rat as, as your final challenge of the game. So they did put that in. Oh that's cool. Yeah, I, I only did uh two of the master fights. Yeah. Sound like well these are dumb. So. Yeah, they're really a bad way to lengthen the game. Um just because what I said before, it's not as fun to train your Pokemon in this game. So it's a complete waste of time even though it doesn't take long it's still a complete waste of time to train one pokemon and now you have to do it for all 150 of them you have to get them all possibly to level 90 before you even stand a chance to to win against the master trainer so yeah yeah i yeah i i have my gripes so like like how i mentioned before we didn't have to go to someone's pc to like pull pokemon out or change parties or anything mm -hmm. Um, like, I was severely underleveled when I beat, um, the game. Yeah. Like, when I beat the Elite Four, like, I was 20 levels under level. Um, because I don't like grinding in Pokemon games at all. I hate it, actually. Um, so, I was like, okay. I go in, find out, find out what Pokemon each, each, uh, trainer has. And since I don't have to go back to a computer, I can swap out my party right away. I would literally just swap out what Pokemon I needed to cheese each and every fight. Mm -hmm. Because, like, in the, in this game, like, it doesn't matter. It, I mean, it matters. But, like, you can have a pretty big deficit in, in, in levels. But if you have if you have a Pokemon that is a, is a weakness to another, another Pokemon, you will straight up dumpster that other Pokemon. Um, like I used my Zapdos against, uh, Lorelei, yeah, Lorelei, and, uh, like my Zapdos was 20 levels under her, and my Zapdos dumpstered her, <laughs> so, I mean, I was like, okay, like I used a couple full restores here and there, but I mean, for the most part, like it was not, it was not a hard thing to do, like the hardest fight I had was Lance at the end, and even then, he wasn't all that bad, but I feel like, because in, in old red and blue, like, you go in with your six Pokemon, like, you have those six Pokemon for the entire duration. Like, there's no healing, there's no nothing. Like, you you strategize before you go into Elite Four, and you handle five fights with those six Pokemon. You know, in this game, you can just, you can swap out your Pokemon between every single fight. And it honestly, it made it a joke in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know that. So I, I just used my original team. But um, besides, I don't even think it was Lance. It was uh, Bruno gave me the most trouble because I did not really have a Pokemon to counter him. Um, but all the other fights, even the, the new champion fight, they were super, yeah. super easy. Like, I did not have any troubles with them. I never trained. Like, I never even went out of my way to, to catch a lot of Pokemon while playing the game. I just wanted to finish the game because I, I was not having 
as much fun as I expected, so I wanted it to be over. Yeah, and, I like have it finished at least, so I could talk about it during this uh, this episode. So yeah, the game is definitely way too easy in that regard. So even that, and yeah, with that like, exploit, I, like I didn't even know that. So that that's kind of ridiculous, actually. There's a there's a couple exploits, but like. Like I finished the game, I think I only caught like fifty Pokemon by the time I finished the game. Like I didn't just take the time to evolve them or just catch a bunch. Like if, if I ran into them, I caught them basically. Um, but like there's another exploit. Like in the in Let's Go, you don't get a bike. So like in Red, Blue, Green, like you used to get a bike from Cerulean City that you rode around the map on. You don't get that bike anymore. Like the guy is just like, yeah, sorry, these are my bikes. Get out. Um, but instead you can ride your Pokemon, which increases your movement speed. So like if you catch a Rhyhorn or, um, whatever else you can, you can ride it. Um, and if you go to what, what used to be called the bicycle, what was it? The bicycle route or whatever it was, mm-hmm. bicycle lane or bicycle path, whoever it was in red and blue. That's now like the poke, it's now called like Pokemon lane or whatever. And if you actually have a flying Pokemon, like a Charizard, for example, mm-hmm. you can actually exploit exploit it where if you haven't beaten the game yet, you can fly <laughs> okay. over that area. Um, so I found that out because I thought, because I, I had a Charizard before I beat the game and I got into that area and I'm like, oh, I want to fly in the air. And I hopped my Charizard and I was up in the air in that area. And I'm like, oh, cool. But I went into another area and I wasn't up yeah. in the air at all. And I'm like, what the heck is happening? So like, I looked it up online and it's like, you need to beat the Elite Four to fly in Pokemon. And I'm like, well, I can fly right here in this zone, no problem. <laughs> you know? So um, there's a, there's definitely a lot of weird glitches in the game, though. Um, and another thing I so like going back to going back to like the fighting stuff then too. Like I went to go fight Mewtwo. And again, I'm like 20, 30 levels below Mewtwo's yeah. level. Like Mewtwo is like level 70. I'm like level 40 or 50 something. If you take a second controller and press Y or shake it or whatever it is, you spawn in, you spawn in a, a second player, which we'll get into in a little bit later. Um, so it's a 2v1 fight at that point. Right. And if you have two Pokemon that you know are strong against the other one, like you can just dumpster the other one and that's what i did against mewtwo like i figured i figured out what mewtwo's weakness was get two pokemon that are that are the same yeah and just dumpstered mewtwo at level 40 yeah see yeah and, that's and, a thing i gave up on that fight because i like i did not know about all these exploits so uh, yeah, I, yeah i did that with a lot of fights like i i double, i went in and grabbed my other joy con and then i i would just tag team the fight because it just made it so much easier like you have a time limit, so when when you Five encounter minutes, these, yeah. yeah, when you encounter these wild Pokemon that you have to fight, you have a time limit, which is like three or five minutes. And if you don't do it within that within that a lot of time, like they're gone, so you have to reset the game. Um, so you're doing it by yourself. It, it's kind of tough, you know, because you don't have a way to lo- really level up or train your Pokemon at all. Like you're kind of going in their low, you kind of going in their low level and. Really, like, just not prepared for the mm-hmm, fight, mm-hmm. but like, you plop in a second second player, like, you went from like a ten out of ten difficulty fight to like a one out of ten difficulty fight because you can you have two moves against the one person, like it's it's really really easy. You can do that against gym bosses as well too. Like, I got to the point where like, oh, I don't want to have a one on one fight with this gym anymore because I just need money. So I pull open a second controller and I have a two v one fight against a gym <laughs> trainer, like. 
it, it, it makes the game so easy. Like, I understand what they were going for. Like, because the game does offer a two-player counterpart to it now. Yeah. Where it's not just trading and battling. Like, you can have a second player that's local to your Switch, and that can run around with you and catch Pokemon with you. Uh, and can battle with you as well. They, you share the same, you know, they share the same party that what you have active. However, the boss, the, the battles don't increase in difficulty at all. Like, they stay as if it was a one-on-one fight. So you have a 2v1 fight going on now, like, you can just body pretty much everything going into it. Yeah, that's uh, quite some oversight, of course. But again, <laughs> like I said earlier, this game was made pretty fast um, just to push the game out. So so it makes sense that there are a lot of these things happening in the game. But if you can exploit them for good things, at least... Um, if you are having some troubles with the game to make it a little even more easier on you, um, yeah, just uh, yeah, just go ahead and do this, do those, do days, do days, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> with that said, I think it's time we took a little break because um, again, like our thoughts and the the actual game review are are mixing up. So this has been a very long part. I think everybody can use a break. We'll be right back. We are back after that break that was uh, very much needed, especially for me. Um, so, <laughs> um, like I said before, yeah, our thoughts are really um, going over our, our normal section. So we're pretty much almost done. Um, something that we haven't touched yet really uh, are the graphics of this game, I would say. Um, this is probably the best the Pokemon game has ever looked um, I can't really say that much bad about it. Although at one point in the game, and I think it was when I uh, actually got my Blastoise, um, when I saw the back sprite of it, I, I kind of noticed that there's some weird kind of shading for uh, for pretty much everything in the game, um, which makes it less detailed than it could be and should be. Um, and it, it was weird. Since that point, I started uh, looking very differently at the game, and I saw that yeah, it, it had a weird shading, uh, at least for me. So I don't know if other people noticed that, but I felt like they could have worked a little bit better with the shadows to make the everything pop out a little bit more, even though it looks great. I agree. I hated the caves. Anything that was like underground in the game, I hated because it all looked the same. Mm -hmm. Like everything was like copy and pasted. Like the color was just so. It was like the caves were just so boring to be in. Like I, I enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed the caves in in the Game Boy versions because, like, it was it was kind of an adventure. And depending on, like, if you were playing on, like, a Game Boy Color, like, certain areas would, like, change color a little bit, or 
you'd have a little bit of that, that light peering through. Mm-hmm. But like in this game, it was just a, just a gross, like grayish brown color that, and the textures were just copy and pasted a bajillion times. Like I did not like the caves at all. Like I do agree the graphics themselves, like the Pokemon looked amazing. The sprites looked amazing. Um, but like some of the textures and how they were displayed in the game, uh, definitely they they definitely could have taken some more time on that. Yeah, it ties back into what I said before that this is just a an afterthought game or just an in between game. So yeah, uh, even the water even the water was bad. Yeah, we'll see how it goes when Gen Eight actually hits the console if they improved it um i kind of have a feeling they won't really i think they're just gonna go with the same templates that they did this time um which would be a shame um because because it it could look a little better even than it does now uh with some simple adjustments actually the issue with the water is that like yeah it's blue but it has like these white like wavy lines through it to indicate that like it's moving water or like it's waves Mm -hmm. But like basically all the wavy lines look like is if you look at those like those eye catcher things from like the magazines from like the nineties, you can stare at it long enough. Like sometimes those lines start to move themselves, yeah. like because your your eye your eye starts to play tricks with you. That's what these lines look like in the water. They they look like they're just like a static a static wavy line that like after you stare at it for so long, it just starts to move. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like like and that's copy and pasted throughout all the water sections as well. But like yeah, like I said, like I feel like the textures in the game were very lackluster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. Um, I think I'll dive into what my biggest problem with this game is. Uh, I think it's <laughs> it's time to uh, to talk a little bit about that. And um, I, I have a message for all the the Gen winners. Um, before I start doing that, um, because I, I do know there's a lot of people who think that uh, Gen 1 is the pinnacle of gaming and nothing should ever be changed. But uh, guys or girls, get off your high rapidash, take a good Pikachu yourself in the mirror, grab a muck, get some liquid in there, sit down, relax, take a sip of it, um, but drink it slowly so you don't start choking and uh, start coughing. Um, but, but here are my thoughts biggest problem i have with this game is it is gen one yet again for the fourth time um if you say that gen one is a masterpiece and a classic game right you are but um again it's it it wasn't the pinnacle of the pokemon series at all um the original games had a lot of problems with it it was a very unpolished game um with uh, a lot of balancing issues when it comes to the fighting Um, example given if you had an alakazam with psychic you pretty much could destroy everything in the game um because because that move was uh so so uh powerful back then um again the the balancing balancing issues um have a different form in this gen because of the way like we talked about how the the catching and the battling and the um, leveling up of your pokemon go the it's just not really well made for uh the competitive players in my opinion um i'm also not the most competitive <laughs> pokemon player but um even i could see that it it was too simple it didn't have enough depth 
even though like the the natures of the pokemon are still in there but a lot of the moves that your starters have are way overpowered and it, it's just not fun to do that um a lot of the improvements that came with the newer generations um they tried implementing in this one but the only thing that really stuck was like getting rid of the hms um which is of course a huge improvement that they should never <laughs> go back to um but yeah it, it's i'm i'm just tired of having to play this same game over and over again and they're they could have done some changes that would have made it a lot more interesting for uh, people who have been around since the start. Um, big problem is um, only the Gen 1 Pokemon, and I'm not counting in Meltan and the... Uh, what, what's the evolved form of that? Uh, what? The Meltan, like the newer one from... Oh, uh, Meltmetal. Yeah, so, so those are incorporated... Some of the Alolan forms of the Gen 1 Pokemon are incorporated into the game, but it's still the exact same generation, only Gen 1, only those 150 Pokemon. Um, they could have easily put like evolutions that were invented on a later timeline into this game, just to mix it up a little bit, just to make it a little bit more interesting. And um, again, uh, Gen oneers always say like, oh, only the Pokemon from the first generation count because they were the best. Um, that's I can't say this word <laughs> anymore. Apparently from Lex, so I'm gonna say uh, bovine manure. Um, even the first generation had very stupid designs. Um, just look at Muck. It's it's literally a pile of goo. <laughs> Um, look at um, Voltorb or Electrode. It's just a Pokemon with uh, Pokeball with eyes on it. Um, they all have a story behind them, and that's something that that a lot of people miss out on. Um, I think I read sometime that each Pokemon design, starting from Gen One up until this day, each Pokemon um, has a development phase of at least one month so all of them have a great backstory there's a way they look um the way they are um okay maybe sometimes they're drawn really weird i can get behind that but um saying that only those 150 pokemon those original ones um are the ones that actually got effort put into them and those are the only ones that count um you should stop thinking that way you should really consider um, looking at these newer generations as well and see that they're actually really really cool designs and if i can plug something we're not sponsored by that or anything just go watch uh, the decks on youtube um, they have a show that um, each week they talk about one pokemon how they uh, were made what the inspirations for those things are even in japanese culture or other cultures and it's really cool to see how they actually make these pokemon but yeah this is something that i was very much missing in this game because there was nothing new to it so that that's that's my thought on that my biggest gripe in the game was how easy it was to complete your Pokédex. So, in this game, there's no Safari Zone, which was really mm -hmm, disappointing mm -hmm. to me. I loved Safari Zone in red. Um, 
But I guess the entire game is like Safari Zone. You throw a throw a throw a treat and can throw a ball basically. Um, but I found the Pokédex to be entirely too easy in this game. Um, so the game utilizes online trading, um, and you need the Nintendo online service yeah. for that. But instead of a Safari Zone, you have the Go Zone. Oh man! And let me tell you what it's a it's a it's a woot. <laughs> um, so basically, what that means is that you can connect your Pokemon Go account to your Switch, um, and you can trade your Pokemon Go Pokemon to Pokemon Let's Go, and vice versa. So I needed the Pikachu exclusive Pokemon. Mm. I had them all in Pokemon Go already, so I. I connected my Pokemon Go account to my Switch, which, by the way, is a battle to do <laughs> uh, because because they both connect via Bluetooth. If you guys don't know much about the Switch hardware, the Joy-Cons connect via Bluetooth, yeah. the Pokeball connects via Bluetooth, and your phone has to connect to it via Bluetooth. So the, prior, the prioritization of your phone to the Switch is extremely low. Um, so, in, and to make sure like everything like connects correctly or like at all, because like, if you go on forums, like you'll see people just uh, be annoyed that my phone doesn't connect to my switch. And like, there's a thousand forums that say that basically what I found for me is I had to turn off all of my joy cons and my controllers <laughs> and just have my phone be connected to the switch to make this work. It was a nightmare to get going to begin with. Um, but once you get it going, you transfer your Pokemon over to what they call parks, basically. And you have, like, access to, like, 20 parks or whatever it is. So you can have a bunch of Pokemon in Let's Go just sit in a park. And when you're ready to go catch them, just go out and catch them. Um, so I went out and caught all my Pikachu-exclusive Pokemon without having to, you know, talk to another human being, basically, um, to get them. The only, so now we fast-forward some more. I'm like, well... Belthick, how did you get your Gollum, your Alakazam, your etc.? Well, yeah, that's where the trading had to come into play. So, when I started, so I, I was like, you know what, before the podcast, before we record this episode, I want a complete 151 Pokedex before we, before we do this, this mm -hmm. episode. And I started, I started that journey, and I only had 64 Pokemon when I started that, when I, when I decided I wanted a full Pokedex. In one night, I went from 64 to 151. <laughs> um, you would not be able to do that in the Game Boy versions, mind you. Um, unless you were die hard and put some real effort into it. So, what I did was, like, okay, I need to trade to get these going. So, I got the seven-day the seven day free trial uh, online service. I went to the Nintendo Let's Go or the the Pokemon Let's Go Discord, hopped in one of their trade chats, um, and then the basically the way that the trade works is that you have to put in like this like four quote unquote digit um, password, and the digits aren't numbers; they're Pokemon. So you have like Jigglypuff, <laughs> Geodude, whatever else. Oh, so like you have to you have to put in this four unique identifier code that's based off of a Pokemon, and to to and both of you have to put this in to connect to each other. And, and I'm like, well, what if a person say like person a did this to connect to person B, but person C also put in the same code. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> you know? So 
there's that happening through there as well. And the whole transfer process is painstakingly slow. Um, you honestly think that, and it gives you a disclaimer when you're about to trade something, it gives you a disclaimer like, oh, if, if Nintendo's online services somehow disconnects, we'll just revert your trade back. And I'm like, oh, great. I'm glad you have to tell me that right away. <laughs> because like when you trade, it takes a solid, solid two to three minutes for a trade wow. to complete. It is painstakingly slow to do. Um, but most like on most of Nintendo's online stuff just sucks to begin mm-hmm. with. Like I'm surprised Smash doesn't have a problem to be fair. Um, but yeah, I just found like the, the completing the Pokedex was just so insanely easy to do. Um, like I, I did, I did, I did almost, you know, I did like 90 Pokemon in one night. Like that's just how easy it was. Um, and like and one cool thing with the Pokédex, so I will grant it, is that like there you can get you can get um some some of the Alolan versions in the game, like uh, Meowth, uh, uh, Sandshrew, Marowak, etc. Um, and in your Pokédex, you can actually see what each one each different one looks like if you have encountered them already. So like since I have a shine, I have a shiny Geodude, I have an Alolan Geodude, and I have a normal Geodude. Um, you can see all three versions in the Pokédex. Um, so that, that thought that was actually pretty interesting. They also showed the different versions of the gender as well. So like if you have a male and a female Pikachu, uh, the difference is, if you guys don't know, is the male Pikachu has a more squared off tail and the female Pikachu has like a heart shaped yeah. tail. And you can, and you can see that in, in the Pokédex as well. Like you can see the male version of the Pikachu and the female version of the Pikachu. Um, so I thought some of that was really interesting. Um, my other biggest complaint was that it was just so it was easy. Like even if you were a super under level, didn't train, like it, the game was just easy if you knew how to exploit it. And you're just you're probably gonna be like, well, yeah, because you exploit the game. Well, it's like, yeah, but I didn't really like cheat the game. Like I just used the mechanic that the game had and literally beat the game twenty thirty levels under under <laughs> where I should have. Like the game didn't force me to grind or level. Like it didn't it didn't punish me at all. Um, like my overall thoughts was like this game is it was a cool nostalgia trip. Like it was fun to go see some of those areas in, in much better in, in much, much better detail. Uh seeing the Pokemon pop up in the grass and the sky and the water, like seeing all that spawn. I thought that was actually really, really cool to see. Um and I, I kinda hope they do this with gold with gold and silver as well. Like I wish they go back to Gen 2 and pull and pull this as well. Um but I, I feel like it's nothing more than just a nostalgia trip. Like it's Basically, a cash grab for you know mine and Mo's age people. They're like, hey, if they have kids, like, hey, you want to see what mom and dad grew up playing? You know, here it is. You know, and better graphics so the kids, you know, would actually play it. Like, I feel like that's what all this game is. Is it? It's an experiment and a cash grab for nostalgia. Yeah, and it's it's definitely also just because Pokemon Go got so popular. Um, that they incorporated the mechanics of that, of course, into this game um, for newer players. Just I would say for well, both for newer players and for indeed just <laughs> nostalgia reasons. Because yeah, I don't know. Like I don't hate this game at all. Like I played through it. I I, I yeah. did not um, have a bad time or anything. Um, 
but I, it, it just lacked any kind of thing that I would expect for from a newer Pokemon game. Um, for me, because I had to revisit the same thing for the fourth time in my life. And I, I was just hoping that somehow they would have put something in the game that, that would make me feel uh, like I was playing a newer game. So... Yeah. It's it's kind of sad that, that it came out this way. Um, again, that being said, it's a good game. Um, if, if you want to check it out, definitely do so. I'm not putting you off from it. Um, make up your own mind, of course. You don't have yeah. to listen to us. Maybe you enjoy it a lot more than, than we do. Um, like... Even Baltic here enjoyed this game way more than I did. Like I, I, oh, yeah. I just played. I, it. I really enjoyed. Yeah, this I game. just played it, and and I was done. And I was like, yeah, well, okay, <laughs> now I'm done with this. It, it didn't really offer me that much. Um, like I, I'm even thinking out of all the iterations of Pokemon Gen One, which one would I recommend the most? I think i would say fire red and and leave green because um it gives you a little bit more pose game actual fun pose game not like in this one with the master things like there's actually new stuff to do um you can have pokemon from other generations in it as well which makes it more interesting because there's new um types of pokemon um which you have to think about when, when actually fighting um if you really like Pokemon Go and then the mechanic of that, maybe this is better suited for you. But if you're like a, a more hardcore Pokemon fan, I would just stick to the actual real, um, how do you call it, uh, canon timeline and, and none yeah, of the yeah. spin-offs. Because even if they want officially this to be a canon game, because that's what they said... It's a spin-off. Like I, I cannot look past that at all. It's it's a remake of Gen One. It's a remake of Pokemon Yellow, basically. Like it's it's that. I guess I have one more gripe. It's about Mew. Oh, yeah. And this is more and this isn't about the game. This is about Nintendo, by the oh, way. Oh Game Freak, actually. So it, <laughs> game this is more about Game Freak. I'm still blaming Nintendo. So if you buy the Pokeball Plus edition of Pokemon Let's Go Eevee or Pikachu, the Pokeball the Pokeball controller that you get comes with a code that allows you to have Mew along with your party. Now, you uh, you go through, you play the game, and uh, you didn't catch that Mew that Mewtwo at the end of the game, and uh, you accidentally saved afterwards, so you have no way of getting that Mewtwo. You're like, I'm going to restart the game. You know, I have my Mew with me. No. No. So the way this works is once you have once you have started the game and once you have once you have claimed the Mew gift from mm-hmm. your Pokéball Plus onto your game onto your current game, you can't get Mew back. Wow, okay. Like there's there's no way. <laughs> um that code is a one-time use. That's it. It's not a, It's not connected to your account. It's not connected to anything. It's a one-time use. If you reset your game, you lose Mew forever. Also, every Pokemon in the game has a shiny version to it. All 150 of them. You heard me right. 150. Mew doesn't have a shiny form. Mm-hmm. It, it technically does in, in the lore. Mew is actually blue. A shiny version of Mew is right. blue. 
And the only way to get a shiny Mew in Pokemon Let's Go is to alter save files <laughs> on your Switch. So, um, yeah. So that's just a heads up. Um, overall, uh, my Lecrype is is the controller. Like I have, I have the Pokeball, and I honestly prefer using the Pokeball over the Joy Cons because whenever time I throw a Pokeball with a Joy Con, it goes about three miles to the right every time <laughs> yeah, I throw a Pokeball. That was my problem as well. Yeah. So I use the Pokeball to throw my Pokemon. I, I use the Joy Con to move because it's a it's painstaking to go into your menu. Click on your Pokemon to fly on, and then leave the menu and fly again. Like the Joy Cons let you do a a fast button version mm-hmm. of that, while the Pokeball doesn't have a, enough buttons to do that. So I use the Joy Cons for movement and menuing, and I use the Pokeball to throw the Pokeballs. <laughs> yeah, it's it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's it's a kind of a mess. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. Again, that that that's. One of the first things I said during this episode, Game Freak always has this kind of stupid idea they implement to force people to buy something else or use something differently just to get one Pokemon. And yeah, they have been doing that since the start, like um, Pokemon Red and Blue. The only way to get a Mew in that game is not by finding it under a truck, but by actually going to a special event organized by Game Freak in a game store so they could transfer uh, Mew to your um, to your game. Um, of course... It's a blockbuster. Yeah, event. of course, since then, people have found a way to glitch out the game so you can get to Mew, which is really easy to do. If, if you haven't tried that before, just check it out. It's, it's actually pretty easy to do and then you actually can have a mew uh, so yeah that's that's it they will always keep doing that i'm uh, i'm knocking on wood uh, for the next generation game to come out what kind of uh, ridiculous way they will find to to yeah force us to either buy something else or, or do something ludicrous just to get one pokemon in our game yeah, I uh, another thing too. I wish they paid uh, homage to to Misingo on Cinnabar. Mm-hmm. Or was it Cinnabar Island or Volcano Island, yeah, whatever Cinnabar that island, island is called? Yeah. I wish they uh, I wish they had like a picture or something in like the uh, in, in the research lab of Misingo. <laughs> I thought I think that would have been the coolest thing ever. Like, why is there just a blob of just glitchness right there? And it's just a picture of Misingo. I'm like, God. I remember surfing Masingo and getting 99 rare candies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you what know, I did. It would have been cool to have a little Easter egg. Yeah, wh- when I played it for Portable Pleasure, I did go for full decks. Um, and I used the Missing No glitch to get the rare candies for the, just the, the level up evolutions. I did play both versions to actually trade, so I did not cheat on that. Um, but unlike uh, this game, where chansey is everywhere chansey is one of the (laughs) rarest pokemon in the original series because it's only in uh, the safari zone and you have like a 0.2 point what i I don't even know percentage of of encountering it and you then also have a zero point blah 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 percentage of actually tr- of yeah catching of catching it. it. So it was ridiculous. But you could also kind of use that missing note thing to spawn Safari Zone Pokemon 
as actual battle, yep. so that's what I did to get a chancey, so... You, you can evolve missing ghosts, like... Kangaskhans and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so... Yeah, <laughs> so that's that's how I... I would say that the, the rarest Pokemon in Pokemon Let's Go, in my opinion, is either Kangaskhan or Porygon. Oh, I got... Actually, that Porygon just spawned for me immediately when uh, when I went... Mr. I'm Never Lucky gets Porygon. Yeah, that try. one actually okay. did spawn for me. <laughs> Chinese never, but that one did immediately spawn for me. Uh, and in a, I did not even know it was a spawnable Pokemon, so <laughs> I was pretty yeah, surprised. Yeah, it's like... It's like a it's like a special like one percent chance rare spawn. I'm like, and I've yet to see it in the oh, wild. I've okay. never seen a Porygon in the wild. Oh, okay, that, that's that's pretty cool that I got that then. Yeah, see, sometimes I do yeah. get lucky, but then I just don't realize it. <laughs> oh man, so yeah, but I mean, overall, like I enjoyed Pokemon Let's Go. Like I definitely enjoyed it more than Mo. Um, but again, I grew up with the game. I grew up with that anime. Like it was, it really took me back to when I was a kid. You know, and I and it showed. Like, if you watch my streams, like it showed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I wanted if if it wanted to be canon, I wanted a lot more out of the game. So for sure, yeah. And I think uh, that the that about wraps it up. What we have to say about yeah. uh, Pokemon Let's Go. Uh, so, uh, without further ado, we're gonna head into uh, our brand new bi-yearly section. Um, where we're going to talk about the recap of AGDQ in 2019. Here we go. Dragon's Lair Game Boy at like four in the morning. Right. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for our AGDQ 2019 recap. Play the song again. Small speedrunning section of Pokemon, though. There are Pokemon. There are speedruns of this game, which is no surprise, like, really. But sure, right? But they're like three to four hours long. Like I, they're hundred percent. No one has found glitches in this game yet. Like people are just like, I got three Pokemon. Let me just run to the end as fast <laughs> as possible. Probably type deal. Yeah, you know, like nothing special yet. Yeah, nothing crazy. And, like, they have two different categories. They have, like, the one-player category, where you just use the one player to get through the Mm -hmm. game. And they have the two-player category, where you use two (laughs) players to get through the game. I'm like, what is happening? (laughs) And everyone plays the Eevee version. Like, there's, like, three people on the board that plays the Pikachu version. Everyone plays the Eevee version. Apparently, there's something with the Eevee version that you can get that you can't get in the Pikachu version that makes the game easier, apparently. Mm. Yeah, maybe a move that like, Eevee gets or 
maybe yeah that would make sense like, I, I wouldn't know what else like but even I, pikachu I, gets yeah. like very weird moves i the most of the moves i got were actually from those guys that you encountered in pokemon centers that teach you like a move that has nothing to do oh, with yeah. your typing but they're they're like so extremely useful yeah but like some of the moves in the game like some of those um some of those dragon moves and fighting moves in the game are super powerful like there's one um I forgot what it's called. Like it's it's not Dragon Rage, but it's some sort of like it's some sort of like dark fighting move where you, you end up taking damage yourself, mm, yeah. but you do so much damage to the opponent. Like it doesn't even matter. Like you barely take any damage at all. You did half their health bar, and it's like okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that ties back into what I said about the balancing issues when it comes to battling yeah. in in this it's, game. It's it's not good competitively, even though a lot of people are playing it competitively, like always. Yeah, it's it's insane. Like I, I'm I'm really curious to see what the next gen comes with that and see what they bring with that. But yeah, that's the small speedrunning section of it. Um, I literally know nothing about the speedrun at all. I just saw that there are like 20 people that have ran this game. They're about three to four hours long, and they have one to two player controls as a choice. Uh, oh, and they have like a full Pokédex uh, category yeah, yeah. as well too which that would be a rough one to run because you have to trade for this pokemon or connect to pokemon go yeah oof, that'd be rough community events related to game boy Oh yeah, so uh, Midwest Speed Fest's Winter Edition uh, will be will be I think a week after this episode is released. Uh, their their submissions will be closed, unfortunately, by the time this episode is released. Uh, I personally didn't submit anything this time around, but I believe they had some Game Boy submissions. Um, I think I saw a Link's Awakening in there. I saw a Pokemon game in there. Mm. Um, so I'm sure we you know there's some Game Boy representation that could possibly happen with Midwest Speed Fest. RGL Retrothon, which I actually, oh, I just closed that tab, that's too bad, <laughs> um, which is going to happen in April. Uh, their submissions are open for a while yet, um, so please start submitting Game Boy games. Um, I'm like one of like three Game Boy submissions. I submitted Fists of the North Star. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's an odd choice, but sure. I submitted Fist of the North Star for Game Boy, Hello Kitty Nohana Patake for Famicom, and Popeye for NES. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, and the other uh, other Game Boy games that were submitted, guess what they were, Mo? Pokemon, Link's Awakening, Dragon's no. Lair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dragon's yeah. Lair was one of them. Yep, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sure there's Kirby. a couple more by now, but they're... I didn't see any Kirby games oh, submitted. Okay, it was that was bizarre to me. Yeah, I haven't seen any Kirby games submitted yet. Um, I've only seen two or three Game Boy submissions so far, and and one of them is mine. <laughs> okay, uh, there's there's a lot of NES, a lot of Genesis, a lot of Super Nintendo. There's only like three GBA games submitted as well. There's not much handheld representation right now in the RGL Retrothon submission list, which. Uh, you guys are listening to this and you're interested in submitting to RGS Retrothon, get to it, man. We need some handheld games in there. <laughs> yeah, what exact um, date is that going on? It's sometime in April. Let me pull it up real quick yeah, here. Yeah, because 
I know April for me is super busy because uh, Easter is pretty late this year. I think 24th or 25th of April. The week after that, it's my birthday. The week after that, it's it's like uh, festival, music Born. festival. So, yeah, I, I don't... Um, submissions are open until February 10th at the end of the day. So after you guys have heard of this episode, you have a week to get a submission out, uh, which is more than plenty. Trust mm-hmm. me. Um, and it looks like here it will take place on, uh, April 21st through April 28th. So it's oh, a week long event. It's a pretty yeah. lengthy event. Yeah. So let's see here. Submissions. You got me with fist of the North star for game boy. Um, you got dragon's Lair the legend, Barbie Game Girl is submitted. That's a quality Game Boy game, and it's just that's it. It's just three Game Boy games. Um, so please, please submit Game Boy games. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly that week for for Easter, I think. So I'll be gone all all that week. So yeah, and that's why I never or submit watch- stuff to to any things <laughs> because I, I. You can watch Fist in the North Star later. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, what a good game on Game Boy. Definitely. Can't wait. Quality Can't content wait to showcase right that. Can't wait to showcase that. <laughs> My third place run. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, outside of that, I don't think there's anything else coming up. If you are going, so I'll give you this disclaimer now. Um, SGDQ stuff will probably start popping up in March. Um, so if you know that you're going to Summer Games Done Quick 2019... Make sure you get into that registration. Um, when hotels open up, make sure you book a hotel. Even if you don't know if you're going to have a roommate for a hotel or not, make sure you book a hotel room. You can always cancel it, you know, 48 hours before the event and get, you know, get a full refund or not get charged or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason I say that is because the hotels recently from GDQs have just been getting just just swooped within minutes of them opening. So. Just play it safe. Make sure you get a get a room. If you do get a roommate and you're going to share their room, you can cancel your room. Whatever else, no no harm, no no foul. Uh, just opens up a room for someone else down the line eventually. But uh, make sure you do everything right away for GDQ because they have been getting quite insane lately. Yeah, that's that's great. Where is it this year? It's in Bloomington, so um, they haven't announced the hotel yet. But I, my assumption and my and my hunch is going to be it's going to be at the Double Tree again in Bloomington, Minnesota. Yeah. So basically, it is exactly where it was last yeah, year. Yeah, I thought that it was Minnesota. I looked up uh, the prices for a plane ticket to Minnesota. Um, yeah, they're expensive. A thousand eight hundred euros minimum, and yeah. I was like, yeah. yeah, that's never gonna happen in my life, is it? <laughs> yeah, I uh cuz I I was looking I was looking to visit Europe here in the next couple of years, um go back to Europe. And for me to fly to Europe, it was cheaper for me to fly from Minneapolis to Ireland and then from Ireland yeah, yeah, like go into somewhere mainland Europe. Yeah. And so so yeah, you will not be seeing yeah, me at this GDQ 2019 <laughs> unless I win the lottery or get, something, but Time to get fundraisers yeah, from Mo here yeah. to get to GDQ. <laughs> I mean, AGDQ next year is at Orlando. That one's going to be interesting. What state is that in? Florida. Florida. Hmm. So it'll be warm at that's least. That's the East it'll, Coast? That is Southern yeah, East Coast. Yeah, yep. that's, that's a little cheaper. Yeah. Like 
New York is like from 350 euros and upwards. So that, that's a lot cheaper yeah. than, than the other side of the country yeah. for sure. Well, I mean, I, like, I Minnesota is right in the middle of the yeah. country. So, I mean, yeah. Um, outside of that, do we have any viewer questions? I don't know. I haven't even looked at Question here: When is Mo gonna catch a shiny? Yeah, that that uh, is a question that <laughs> that will never get answered. I think um, I have one shiny. Oh, man, I think I, 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 I have don't, one shiny on Pokemon have, Go. <laughs> it's my Umbreon. I have, I have, I have a lot of shinies on Pokemon yeah, Go. I, never I think I have, I have, I think nine or ten shinies in Pokemon Let's Go. But I haven't been playing all that much in the last two weeks. Um, Fire Dragon, um, some of you may know him as Fire Dragon. I think his numbers were seven six four. Um, used to speed run like Luigi's Mansion and stuff. He's doing a shiny Pokédex right now. He's at like one hundred and forty five out of one hundred and fifty right now. It's insane. Yeah, that's crazy. Even though the chances for a shiny are so good in this version, it's it's still a lot of effort you have to put into the game. Well. Yeah, they're good for if you're if you're going straight on. If you're doing if you're trying to get shiny Alolan Pokemon, it's still it's still a hundred. It's still a one in four thousand chance, yeah. even with a shiny Alolans. So, um, it is what it is. There. Uh, let's see here. Outside of that, I don't think there's any more community stuff um, that I can recall. Uh, viewer questions, we've already answered them. Uh, Mo has all the shinies right yep. now. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, with that, I guess we'll close it out. Um, if you guys have any thoughts, questions, suggestions, whatever else about the podcast, um, please let us know, uh, whether it be in Twitter, uh, the comments in SoundCloud, uh, Discord, whenever we're streaming in Twitch, you know, anywhere really. You know, we're always open to suggestions, uh, thoughts. We love to hear what you guys think about when you guys are listening to Mo and I rant about a video game, so... Yeah, we do rant a lot about video games <laughs> and other yeah. stuff on on uh, on our stream. So yeah. if I get into a rant, oh, yeah. it can go on for quite a while. <laughs> that that doesn't mean it's a negative rant. Um, just just a rant in general. Um. So yeah, where can they find you, Mo? They can find me at uh, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Um, just uh, go to those things and do slash Mula. That's M-O-E-L-L-E-U-H. And that's about everything I'm on. Nice. Man, you, I'm glad you fixed all of your stuff to be Moolah and not... And I, I, I like the nostalgia gaming thing. Like, I like that, but it was... Yeah. Um, but for me, you can, you can do Twitch, YouTube... Oh, you can't do YouTube yet. You can do Twitch and Twitter <laughs> uh, slash Belthic Gaming... Um, YouTube, I, I need to wait the full month right now uh, to get my personalized URL. Uh, but there's still a lot of content on eBloody Candy's YouTube, so you can go check that one out. Um, and then obviously our wonderful producer, Legs, uh, who has been extremely busy lately. Uh, you can find her at, uh, what, Sprinting Legs on Twitch and Twitter, and I think on YouTube. But she mainly goes by Legs and Discord, so... Yeah, definitely. And uh, we have, of course, our, our we website, which uh, this is a reminder for me when I'm listening back to this episode when it comes out. I have to update the website with uh, with your 
um, thing, so, oh, so yeah. it links to the the correct one because it still has the e bloody yep. candy ones, of course. So so I'm gonna do that. Um, on that website, you can also, of course, find a link to our Patreon, um, or if you just want the URL, it's Patreon.com/slash/thisisgameboy. Easy enough. Um, where you can support us in any way you want to with uh, your well-earned money, um, especially. To pay Lex, um, <laughs> I would really love to do that because yeah. we're giving her a lot of work lately because these episodes are getting longer and longer. I cannot believe we have been almost recording for two hours and a half right now. But I also give her yeah. like very silly things to edit in. Um, <laughs> I always come up with some kind of ingenious plan, if I say so myself. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a lot of work, of course. And she has been doing it for free for seven months that have, we have been doing this, or eight months even now. So um, yeah, yeah. some... Wow, almost, almost a yeah, year. Yeah, wow. It's it's weird, actually. I think we started in Time April or May. Uh, yeah, May. so right after Tiny 10, basically, the last time. Yeah, right after, right before us, basically right before us, she did twenty eighteen. So, yeah. So yeah, if if you want to support us, we do not force you, of course. Just go on Patreon and and then you can do that. Yeah. So with that, uh, our next episode, I don't even know when that comes out. March, February? Um, no idea. Well, it's tw- twice People, a month, it's, so. It's so still this will be it'll be the first weekend of March. Oh yeah, because. February is because a February shorter, is a short month. Um, what a dumb month! Like, just get rid of it. <laughs> honestly, no more February. Yeah, we're done with February. It was a stupid mm. month. Yo, yeah, March the first weekend of March. Wow, it's gonna be the next time you hear Mo and I together in a way. Yeah, I still well, have, to have do lights my in lights between there, so which I have no idea what it's gonna be about. So it's gonna be a surprise yeah, for me as well. I did shack food because I didn't know what else to do. <laughs> yeah. So if I'm. I- <laughs> Whenever I hear my light, I'll know what it's about because at this point I have no idea. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, anyway, guys, the next time we see you all, we'll be talking about Wizards and Warriors X, The Fortress of Fear. Yeah, amazing game. Hard yeah. game. And then whatever. I, there, the music for, for for Fortress of Fear is pretty ear piercing, so you can pick whatever song you <laughs> want. Just like. the intro song, I guess. Oh god. <laughs> People retweet way too much N64 nonsense. Crap console.